We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twelve twenty-four a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, December 26th. Christmas has came and went, and we have a lot to discuss in this post-game live stream. I'm Bobby Trossett, as always, joined by my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. It's a late one. Thanks for waiting around and hanging around for us. Bottom line is, going into week 17 of this NFL season, the Ravens are in the driver's seat, Sarah, for that top overall seat in the AFC after making a flat-out statement in front of a national primetime Christmas audience taking care of the San Francisco 49ers, the NFC's best, perhaps a lot of folks thought, including Mike Florio, the NFL's best 33 to 19. They punch him in the mouth, 12 and three overall. And again, they can clinch the AFC's number one overall seed with a win in week 17 on New Year's Eve, coming up on a short week this Sunday inside the bank. So we're glad you're with us here is John Harbaugh's opening statement a short while ago over there on the West Coast. Uh, Merry Christmas. Um, the Lord is with us, Emmanuel. And I'll tell you that uh, our guys played a worthy type of a game for a game like that against an opponent like that. That's a very good football team. It's a football team that's going far this year. Very physical, very tough team. Uh, I think if you look at the game we played, it was pretty much a complete game by all three phases playing complementary football together and playing off of each other. Special teams had their best game of the year. Made numerous plays, a shortened field position, and put, it, put, us, put us in position, and we covered well against a very good return team, especially kickoff return team. Um, offense, obviously, moved the ball, scored points. Um, numerous plays, closed us out at the end. And then defense, I thought, just had a spectacular game against one of the best, one of the best offenses there is. Five turnovers, five interceptions, uh, 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 pressure on the quarterback pretty much all day and then plastering the scrambles. I thought our guys really worked hard in coverage all day. So uh, a lot of things beyond that, but that's the, that's the highlights. You're very proud of our guys. What questions do you have? Partner, Merry Christmas. Your opening thoughts on this one. Oh, okay, Bobby. First of all, the job isn't finished. Taking a page out of Lamar's book, the job isn't finished until February. But today... Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. This, this one, Bobby, feels so good. It's a statement win against the other, well, used to be 11 and three, 
team. Now they're 12 and four while the Ravens move on. No, now they're 11 and four while the Ravens move on to 12 and three. It's just so delicious because how many critics and doubters are punching air right now? I mean, from Mike Florio to Acho to uh, we we went through all the people that picked the 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 forty niners over the Ravens. I think it was something like thirty seven out of forty three experts across the web. Just just the disrespect that was out there. And Bobby, there's so much disrespect even made you change your prediction, right? It was like, hey, because we wanted to give respect to both teams. So it it really was one, Bobby, where we said coming in, it didn't matter as much because it was an NFC team in terms of like seating and all of that. But it's like the disrespect that was out there, it was just like, just like, don't care that you're also 11 and three. There was no way you're going to keep up with all this talent that the 49ers have. And just came in and made a statement and said, nah, we're the best team in, in the, in the NFL. And if you don't like it, you're going to have to stop us. But up till now, it's not happening. What a delicious game that was. Well, let's get to some of that disrespect because as we covered and actually did an impromptu live stream on, on what was it, Friday, I guess, Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio had a lot of people talking based on some of the noise he was putting out there about the whole spread and what he thought was going to happen on this night in San Francisco. Key players are healthy. They're going to kick the shit out of everybody they face. The, the quest is for second place. That's it. As long as those people stay healthy. They're currently healthy. The 49ers kick the shit out of the Ravens Here. on Monday night. I'm sorry. I know that's disrespectful to the Ravens, but let's be realistic. At home, they're going to fly across the country on Christmas night, and the 49ers are waiting and the 49ers are going to dismantle the Ravens. And it's, not, it's a, if it's a Super Bowl preview, the Super Bowl is going to suck because the 49ers, as long as those guys are healthy, they're going to run over everybody. <laughs> All right. So Mike Florio had that to say last week. And the Ravens had something to th- say themselves, as we've already discussed. And Sarah, this is very rare for Lamar Jackson to respond to this type of noise. He clearly heard it. This locker room heard it and Lamar was asked about it after putting up an MVP well, kind of performance. You go ahead. He first was asked about it. Why though, Bobby, why was he asked about it? I don't think anybody would have asked about it. That's he was true. asked about it because he was seen going into the locker room, <laughs> calling him Mark, Mike, Mike Flores. Is that Flores. What Flores. Flores. <laughs> and in case you didn't know, his official name is Mike Florio. And so the whole reason we've we had him on the show, we've had Mike we on, the show. on the show. <laughs> we've had him on the show. I'm texting him uh, this week. Just so you know, you did. I'm going to text him this to. week. Oh boy. Now oh, if you and I can boy. talk about this off air. If you don't want to, I'll do it. on my No, first call. no. But I think it'd be pretty funny. We'll talk about that another time, but, but okay. you finish your thought before we get to no, Lamar. It was a no rare boy. rant from Lamar. Yeah. This was rare. Yes. Yes, it was rare, and it was because it's not that you pick against the Ravens. That's okay. It's chat. fine. Look at the what, super chat. What are we doing with super chat? What does it say? Ramrod13 says, no, it's Mike Flores from now on. It, yeah. You don't have to tell him his, his correct name. It's Mike Flores. <laughs> but I wasn't saying, oh, boy, to, like, not reach out. I just – I would be interested in what he would reply if re- replying at all. But anyway, point being, 
Lamar usually doesn't reply, but when you hit a certain level of disrespect, that's when he comes in because he's so respectful. And it's like, well, don't disrespect me. We're, we're all men here. We have to play the game. So then that's why he was asked after the game about Mike Flores. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it was totally unprompted. I'm glad you said that. And, and yeah. people caught it on the lock, you know, the locker room cameras obviously follow him on the, on the way out to after the game, after his post-game interview with Lisa Salters, which he was always great about. I know you transcribed some, some notes from that, but anyway, here is the 63 second rant from Lamar Jackson responding to Mike Florio. I was going to talk about uh, Mike Flores. Mike Flores. Yeah. Cause we in the NFL, we play ball, you know, not to take away from that team, but you can't just discredit us. We grown man. We got to feed our family. And, he can have his opinion, but just don't be just, just talking like that. You know, that's disrespectful. That's very disrespectful. But no, not to take away from the 49ers at all, because, like, they're great all across the board. But we going to come to play as well. You know, our record not no fluke. You know, um, we play ball, and we showed that, you know. But he just need to just keep doing his job, but just don't just come, come off like that towards us. You know, that's disrespectful, like I said, because he ain't putting them pads on, you know. If he had put him past him, I feel like it would have been different for him. He wouldn't say that. He would be respectful, you know, but because, because I, I say that to say this, you know, we're respectful to our opponents. Our opponents were respectful to us, but a guy who who not even playing against us just come out just, you know, just being disrespectful. I guess he wanted more views on his, on his little channel. We're going to leave it at that. So as we kind of discussed this week, Sarah, all the noise came from external sources. Yes. Right. These two teams were so buttoned up this week, so disciplined mm-hmm. in the media, so disciplined on social media, so disciplined just overall. They understood the magnitude of this game and they passed the test. So Lamar said Lamar said it there. There was mutual respect on the field. There was mutual respect in the days leading up. And ultimately it was Mike Florio and some of the outlets that took it a step further. And by the way, we almost have 2000 of you breaking shattering records here tonight (laughs) on our live streams across platforms. So you guys are Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy bladed Hanukkah to those of you who celebrate, please consider liking this video that you're watching it on and subscribing to both the vault and the Bobby Baltimore YouTube channels. But um, that right there, I'm watching that. And as it's happening, as Lamar's speaking up, speaking out, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this got through to them because this that is again, that is rare. Cannot stress that enough. Yeah, it's rare. And I thought it was really well said. He tried to make sure several times to differentiate between Florio and the media versus the 49ers. And I actually ran into that too. Like when I I had tweeted out the clip that you had just played, I had played it out or put it out on Twitter and I said, please say more stuff like this. Well, somebody from the 49ers came over and, and commented, like, I love how Ravens fans think this is the Ra- the 49ers organization. I replied back. I'm like, no, we we can see the difference. This has nothing, this has nothing against that 49ers organization. I thought they came into it respecting the Ravens like a fellow eleven and three team. Now, just gotta say it again, twelve and three team. So it has nothing to do with them, but it is. It's like, and he also, he also separated it really well. Lamar did by saying, uh, you know what? Have your opinion. Cause that's what we all do. This is what, this is how you make your living. This is how we all make our living. Like Mike Florio can have your, your, your opinion, but why do you have to be so disrespectful? Like I make a case for MV, for MVP for Lamar to uh, late last 
last week. And I said, this is not any hate against Brock Purdy. He's had a great, you know, great story. And he's had a great, he's got great stats and all that kind of stuff. Why can't you give an opinion without being disrespectful? And speaking of disrespectful, Bobby, because this bothered me in the middle of that game, uh, this stuff is just going to keep up, keep bringing it up in the middle of the game, in the middle of the third quarter, when things really start to blow open in part, because all the turnovers in Lamar starts going off, just starts going off. What does the ABC broadcast do in the middle of like him putting an MVP statement against two other MVP candidates on the other team? Instead of like just leaving it alone and letting him have his game, they bring up the playoff record. And Bobby, it wasn't just like some random commentary off the top of their head. They had screenshots of it all. They were ready for it. They were prepared to bring up his playoff record. And you know what? It's fine to bring it up. Like the Ravens and Lamar are going to have to shut people up with their play, just like they did tonight when it comes to the playoffs. But the timing of it, the timing of it was again. So it's Christmas night. Everybody writes, almost everybody writes off the Ravens. The Ravens make just beating you down. And instead of just being like, hey, what a big statement. They couldn't leave it at that. They had to bring in the playoff record. So it's like, okay, all right. Got you. Keep it up. Am I the only one who can't it's, hear Bobby? It's it's, it's a part of his story. It's it's a part of his story, but there is timing that can come into play mm-hmm. there for premeditated. Clearly, gra- the graphics team and the producers had that ready to roll. And there is a timing that, that could have been probably they could have been more mindful of that. Let's get to Lamar, though. We got to talk about his MVP like performance. And by the way, just to shout out all of you, it is 1237 a.m. Eastern here on the East Coast, and we have over 20 300 concurrent viewers on this live stream. We are shattering records tonight. You guys are the best. It's been so much fun the last week or so between Christmas, Sarah landing, Steve Young, getting time with family. It's been so much fun, and we cannot do this without you guys. Here's John Harbaugh on QB1's performance tonight under the bright lights in which he improved to 20-1 and against NFC teams. Are you freaking kidding me? I thought Lamar had an MVP performance tonight, you know, uh, he, uh, it takes a team to, uh, to create a performance like that, but it takes a player to play at that level, to, to, to play at an MVP level, it takes a player to play that way. And Lamar was all over the field doing everything. He operated a, a pretty complicated game plan. I thought Todd and the coaches deserve a lot of credit for the game plan. Lamar operated, he made decisions on the field, and then just keeping plays alive, trusting his offensive line. The offensive line was outstanding with the protection. Lamar trusted those guys. He kept plays alive. He moved in the pocket. He created space for the for the coverage guys. Our guys did a great job of, of scramble drill, of getting open. I think we had a new, new number of plays that were extended that were big plays for us. So just a complete game by Lamar. As far as Lamar himself, he still doesn't want to hear it, but he respects that obviously his name is being thrown around in that conversation. We got the dub, you know. I really don't care about the performance. I just wanted to win, and that's what happened tonight. You know, um, on Christmas, that was my gift. You know, uh, they asked me at an interview uh, a couple weeks ago, like, what would I want for Christmas? And my wish got granted, you know. Uh, you just need to keep going, keep staying locked in, and keep staying focused. Because, you know, we, we know what it was 2019. You know, we was playing against guys like this, winning games, winning, winning regular season games. And when the time came, we didn't finish the season. So we're just going to keep taking it a day at a time, you know, practice at a time and a game at a time. That's all I'm focused on right now. 
All right, Sarah, here are the numbers on number eight in week 16. He was 23 for 35 in the passing department for 252 yards. Um, by the way, this is crazy. Jonas Schaefer was the first on this on Twitter. He set a new single season record for passing yards, surpassing his 2019 number of just over 3,100. So nice little milestone there for Lamar. And boy, they were not at all afraid to be pass happy in that first half. Lamar finishes with two touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 105.9. He was sacked twice, and then he ran for 45 on seven carries. Again, do not get lost in the box score watching. This guy was electric tonight. <laughs> the way that he extended plays, a new ridiculous off-schedule, backpedaling across body with pressure on his face. Lamar Jackson angle dropped at one point with that beautiful catch and hook up with Isaiah Likely. Those two continue to be um, so, so dominant together and, and have this chemistry that you would have thought they've been playing as a, as a tandem all year long when that wasn't the case because obviously Mark didn't get injured until later in the season against Cincinnati. But this was that type of performance, Sarah, that we had sort of uh, hoped that he might dial up in front of a, an audience where everybody was was on hand, because I think we both feel based on the tweets that I've seen from you um, <laughs> that that he, he there's some separation in that MVP conversation after tonight. I mean, it's just no question. I mean, listen, this award is not an award for the most touchdown passes. And when I tweeted out, to your point, I tweeted out, I've seen enough, give Lamar the MVP. And of course, you know, you've got San Francisco people coming at you or, or people from just all over the NFL. And they're like, you mean the guy with 20? I don't even know what, he, what he's up to now with, in, in total touchdowns. I know he's still in the 20s. And, you know, they're like the guy with that many touchdowns. And it's like, yeah, that's the one. Did you watch the game tonight? And that is the problem. That is the problem is you just keep box score watching. And it's like uh, the whole reason, other than the Ravens defense, which we're definitely going to get to, the whole reason why the game blew open in that third quarter, it was because Lamar Jackson did exactly what Steve Young was pleading to do when we talked to him last Friday. And it was mentally tie your legs together. Right. And so in that third quarter, in that long drive, Lamar could have scrambled. He did scramble that one before the half. That was pretty nice. He juked oh. out Fred Warner. He juked out Fred Warner. We're going to get to that in just a minute in this linebacker oh. duo talk. But like one of the, <laughs> one, the only guy that can maybe challenge Roquan Smith in terms of the best middle linebacker, oh, Lamar smoked yeah. him. Lamar yeah. left him in the dust. And so – um, anyway, so he did have that run, but the, on the drive of the third quarter, when he scrambled, stopped short of the line of scrimmage again, and dumped it off to Gus Bus, and then D Gus took it like 50 yards, and on the very next play, Lamar pressures on him again. Oh, oh, we're going to get to that. I sorry, just saw I, I didn't flash want you up to, on the I'm board. Sorry. I, no. I didn't mean to, to make you lose your train of thought. I just wanted everybody that's watching to read this. And then you will, once you finish, right, we'll, we'll get, get into it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyway. So then on the very next play for the touchdown pass to Aguilar, things broke down. Lamar bought time again, but he didn't run and he threw it and he, and it was a, and it was a dart. And by the way, on the next drive, which was done by, which was, you know, gave them great field position because of yet another interception, Todd Munkin, do I have to give him his due? Because he did that fake toss to Gus Edwards, and then Lamar just hit a wide open flowers in the end zone. And so 
Lamar, it's just like, did you guys not see the impact that that had on the game? And then as soon as they had like a three score lead that the Ravens started to go conservative again. And, and so, and that's fine when you have a three score lead against a team like this. So um, absolutely he has the most, he is the most valuable player. And with the help, not only did he play well, but with the help of his defense, the defense cooked Brock Purdy's case for MVP. To me, he's out. How do you go and have he had the he had four of the five interceptions? I don't know how you can say that he's still in. I don't care how many touchdowns he has or how efficient he was before this. You can talk about. I know. I know. Uh, Josh Allen has a lot of touchdowns. Don't care. Where's his team? This is the number one team in the NFL in terms of record, and Lamar is the straw that stirs the drink. He is the MVP. Maybe something wild could happen in the next two weeks. But as of today, Lamar Jackson is the favorite for MVP. Now let's show how pro football talk. Hey, looks like he's apologizing. Is this correct? What's going on here? <laughs> so Mike Florio, as we're live right now, I just did a little bit of multitasking for us so that we could see from the pro football talk Twitter account that he tweets from. Mike has apologized he quote tweeted Lamar's rant that we played for you early on, earlier on and said, Lamar is right. I apologize for how I phrased my opinion. I believe the 49ers were dramatically better than every other team in the NFL. Cowboys, Eagles, Chiefs, Dolphins, everyone. The Ravens proved otherwise. They deserve complete and total respect for what they accomplished. Accept it or not, Mike Florio, before he goes to bed on this Christmas Eve, night even though we're technically on the 26th already probably want to feel a little bit better about himself before his head hit the pillow and uh he tried to do that was there another tweet that you had tweeted out earlier oh. it wasn't like in the middle of the third quarter i didn't i think i saw you tweet it but i was doing like a gazillion other things did he say something is it too early to say that the ravens are going to kick the bleep out of the dolphins was that oh did yeah you that? he said Mike earlier on mid game says, is it too early to say the Ravens are going to kick the S out of the dolphins? And I yeah. quote tweeted yes, him. It's and too said, early. Please. No, <laughs> I quote tweeted him and said a Christmas night backpedaling. Unlike we've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. Well, oh, let me man. say this. Hey, can we get 3000 in here? Can we get 3000 in here? Sure, if, sure if people like people. the video, if yes. people like the video, the YouTube algorithm starts to shoot it out to other people who are looking for content at this time of night. Let's get 3,000 in here. Let's go. Let's Sorry. go. Keep going. Your, your let's go is my favorite. I think it's one of my favorites ever. But um, <laughs> shoot, what were we just saying? Oh, going back to his apology. Uh, listen, there's going to be a lot of people who are listening to us right now. They're like, no, no, I don't accept the apology. I'm, I always appreciate an apology. Like, I don't, I don't like to like, you know what? You, you, you were wrong. You realized you were wrong. So I appreciate it. <laughs> However, I don't know if even however is the right word. And I'd like to see you implement that going into the future. Do you know what I mean? Like, appreciate the apology. Are you going to not be so disrespectful in the future? Because he is one of the most dis disrespectful analysts I've come across. You know what I mean? And so it's like, all right, I'm glad that you see you're, you were wrong. You're taking it. You're, you're wearing it. There was really no other choice. Can we implement it going into the future? That's the question. <laughs> 
We're getting a little bit of a mixed bag here in the live chat, which is cooking right now for it almost being uh, 1 a.m. The super chats and, and donations are flying in. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for being with us here late night. Before we continue the conversation, I did want to let you know that tonight's live stream is brought to you by our friends at GEHA. And for over 86 years, Government Employees Health Association has offered medical and dental benefits designed to meet the unique needs of federal employees and retirees, military retirees, and their families. And with over 2 million members and growing, GEHA continues to serve those members and families who serve all of us every day. Government Employees Health Association, your friend in federal since 1937. We know federal because we only provide benefits for federal. Federal Drive is presented by GEHA, proudly providing health and dental benefits to federal employees and their families for 86 years. You can visit GEHA.com to learn more, partner. Ooh. Oof. Where are we going next? Do we have any more? On, I just feel like yeah, we, there's we plenty more. Like, like, well, no, I mean, I'm Lamar. I know there's uh, plenty more. I just don't want to like uh, Lamar. Definitely the MVP favorite in my book. I will be very interested to see if people move the goalposts after this. Let's find out. Um, so there's Lamar in the MVP performance. They really didn't run a lot today. The Ravens uh, total of 102 yards. 45 of them were from Lamar and 30 of those 45 was on that one scramble at the end of the first half. Gus Edwards obviously had the touchdown, but he didn't run too much. I mean, he and he and Gus Edwards almost had a 50-50 split, 9 and 10. Uh, 9 for Edwards, 10 for Justice Hill. So that's the first game we saw them without Keaton Mitchell. Uh, really went to the air. Zay Flowers, I thought, he had 13 targets, 9, nine catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. And he just has an energy, Bobby. He just has a no-quit. Always having fun. Oh, my gosh. You can hit me as hard as you want. I'm going to pop back up or I might not even go down. So I thought him and likely were both were both, uh, you know, excellent tonight. So and then Aguilar had the other touchdown. So, yeah, just just did what they needed to do while the defense absolutely cooked. Yeah. Now you're right. Zay is big time. There's no moment that's too big for him. He has an infectious energy that I think has rejuvenated this team. It's been the missing piece that they've needed. Uh, I love his celebrations. He crushed his tonight. The Grinch celebration was hilarious. Joe Buck picked <laughs> up on that immediately, which I found to be really comical. Uh, this is a team that has a bunch of cast of characters and mm. there are very few weaknesses. And on a night where Odell Beckham Jr. is essentially a non-factor in this game, you know, somebody who you brought in for games like this, you still mm. handily, beat a team that's the NFC's best. It's just, it shows you the depth. It shows you the layers. And there is a margin. There is a certain margin for error based on the investments that they made this off season that paid dividends tonight. It's just so abundantly clear that there is a margin for error, you know, and, and you saw that by the way, in what was pretty much a nightmarish beginning to this game. And I wanted to begin with, with this before we kind of talk defensively, oh, yeah. because this was so bizarre. I mean, and Sam Monson from PFF, I thought did a good job of analyzing the intentional grounding in the end zone in the first quarter, which resulted in the safety. The only guy that could take Lamar down and was capable of handling Lamar tonight was the official who tripped on a bang-bang play in the end zone when Lamar was getting chased down by a couple of San Francisco's pass rushers. Sam Monson tweeted, kind of feel that if an official screws up a play to the point that it costs somebody points, it should be the repeat. Uh, it should be a repeat of a down. I 
excuse me, I get Lamar was causing his own problems by running into the end zone, but that official doesn't trip him. If that official doesn't trip him, he probably outruns the pursuit and gets rid of it. Now, we've seen that time and time again from Lamar, his escapability. I do think that it would have been tough given how athletic the pass rushers are and that he had it in order to get it away. Instead of flipping it like he did, he would have had to turn and cross his body. I think it would have been a bang-bang play. It could have been a disaster, but I'm totally with Sam in the sense that that was – the official absolutely affected that play and slowed Lamar down. Yeah, I – listen, I also agree that, like, backpedaling, however many yards he backpedaled, it felt like 20, I don't know. Might have might have been less, but it was a lot. So the backpedaling, not the best decision. Um, at the same time, we've seen Lamar overcome mistakes, whether they're caused by him or his teammates. And when I went back, I went back to watch that a few times, Bobby, when you look at it from the straight on angle, from the end zone angle, you can't really see it from the side angle, but from the straight on end zone angle, he, he had gotten just because he's so fast, just his quick twitch. He got himself a pretty good lead on those pursuing pass rushers. I'm of the belief, although I could never prove it because it didn't happen. I think he could have either saved the safety or gotten just enough room to throw the ball towards a wide receiver to to avoid the safety and maybe just get back to the line of scrimmage if he if he was called for the for the incompletion. So so I think both true both things are true at once. Lamar shouldn't have backpedaled that far, but at the same time, he was robbed of the opportunity to overcome that, which we've seen him do time and time again. And I also agree with Sam Monson. Listen, the rules are the rules. The rules right now as it stands is the referees are part of the field. I I don't like that rule. I totally agree with Sam. Like I've seen referees get in the way of wide receivers when they're on a route. I've seen them get in the way of tackles, like all that kind of stuff. And it's like, especially on one where it causes points, like why not redo the down? If you have if you have a, a, a play where there's two offsetting penalties, it's just like you replay the down. Like replay the down. He he tripped him in the end zone. Like 100%. what? Like 100%. it's just like he literally tackled Lamar for the 49ers, not on purpose. And by the way, I don't know if we have the clip, but Lamar was asked about it. And Lamar was, of course, very gracious said that it had happened to him before, but he was able to elude the, re- the, the referee, but he couldn't this, he didn't this time. And then he said that the ref came up to him and apologized about it later. So he was like, oh, you know, it is what it is, but it did help them. And luckily they overcame it. But if it was like, if, the, if this was like a game that came down to a couple points, that would have loomed large. Yes. You mentioned that one play at the end of the first half where he scrambled for 30 yards. I mean, that was just another one of those extension plays that I thought deserved a one other mention. I mean, again, nothing crazy on the ground today, but those are the types of plays where you just started to see San Francisco almost from a body language standpoint. It was just wearing on them. Lamar mm-hmm. started to wear on them. And then you saw it too, with the way that he extended it on the Nelson Aguilar touchdown. He just has this way of grinding and grinding gr- slowly methodically meticulously grinding away at you. And it's one of his traits that again is not going to show up in Shannon Sharp's box score analysis that he does. Okay. It ain't going to happen. He's not going to find it in there. He's not going to find it in the highlight packages. He's not going to find it on Twitter. He's not going to find it in the box score, 
Like that's just the reality of it. And and while all of this is happening, there's a different dialogue, by the way. Yes. yes. There are pal Rich Eisen, who we have a lot of respect for. Ton he, of respect for Rich. Yeah, he pops on Twitter. He's seeing Lamar's performance and he's saying, Hey, I, I've seen a lot of teams, you know, passed on Lamar, though these types of these takes from last spring on Twitter. One, he was never a free agent. You would have had to give the Ravens two number one picks to sign him if the Ravens would not match the offer. Two, the Ravens were never going to let him go. That is all. Well, ESPN's Adam Schefter decided, whoa, wait a second here, Rich. It's Christmas night. I got time. That is not all he comes (laughs) back and says. The Ravens never were approached. Carolina traded multiple ones for Bryce Young. How's that worked out for him? Yet no team ever tried to get a deal done with Lamar. There never was a team that challenged it once Jackson himself publicly stated he wanted out of Baltimore. Lost opportunity and a clapback, if you will, at Rich Eisen. All <laughs> while this game, by the way, is still technically definitely not out of reach when the Ravens started to kind of take their feet off the, off the pedal in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Wild night you know, on, a, on many levels. It, like it was just the, the conversations were everywhere. There was like so much that needed to be said. Uh, I never saw Rich. Did Rich ever respond back to Adam? I don't think so. Which well, how, is, how do which you is fine. These are, how do you respond you, to that? <laughs> right, right. You don't. And these are two like uh, like powerhouses, right, when it comes to, to the media. And again, I love Rich. Rich, Rich, like I get Rich's point. But at the end of the day, it, what Adam is saying is true. Like, how do you I, and I and I tweeted back at Rich, too. And, and so I said to him, I said, so GMs don't even approach the Ravens to try for a young MVP. Bad call, in my opinion, Rich. Oh, well, Baltimore's not complaining. So that was kind of, you know, my reply, because it is. It's awesome that we have them. But to me, like. That it's just tomorrow, your word malpractice, right? I feel like you've, you've used that word a few times. It's just like malpractice that you don't even reach out. So it's just hilarious that all these debates about Lamar, all these things are all going on really in the middle of the third quarter, which is just crazy. I tell you what, guys, we've been going 32 minutes already. We're about to switch over to the defense in just a second here. If you think that tonight has been crazy in terms of content overload, just wait till this upcoming week. It's a short week. There is going to be an overload of content. So just be ready for what's, I'm sure, going to be a wild week. Here's Patrick Queen on the underdog roll about an hour or so ago at the podium out there in San Francisco. Yeah, um, everybody writing us off before we even got a chance to play. Um, we know what we were capable of. Um, everybody counted us out. Um, didn't expect us to even hold up to it. it was, everybody was saying we were going to get blown out by double digits or whatever. So, I mean, we just had to come out and play our style of ball. Uh, we all understood the assignment. We all understood what Coach wanted from us, and we just went out there and capitalized. Sarah, he was one of several Ravens to record an interception. This was a smothering, suffocating Ravens defense that was all over the field early and often. Kyle Hamilton began the night. Uh, Patrick Queen was one of the finishers. You saw Mike McDonald's again. Another rare thing that happened tonight was Mike McDonald expressing emotion on the sideline. He's usually so, so composed. But after that fifth interception, it was on. And he looked like an incredible Hulk there on the sideline because he understood what this means, uh, not only statement-wise, but what this defense went and did. And, and hey, they, they were not without their their errors and glitches and um, and issues at times. But, hey, this is the NFC's best. You know, they're not just going to lay down. You know that Christian McCaffrey is an elite 
running back who can do it all. Uh, but ultimately, they disrupted and bothered Brock Purdy enough to disrupt oh. him from ever really finding any kind of rhythm tonight, Sarah. There was really oh. no sustained rhythm that Brock could find. Uh, credit the pass rush for, 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 for starting and setting that tone. But really, it was the back end of this group from a secondary standpoint that um, put their staple on this one and finished it. Bobby, as a person that believes in the Ravens more than most people did, I did not expect it. I mean, like this is why Mark Mike Florio made made the disrespectful comments that he did. He could have said it in a different way. But the the 49ers put up 45 points last week against the Cardinals, 28 the week before against the Seahawks, 42 against the Eagles who are like right up there still fighting for the number one seed in the NFC. Then again, the week before that, back to the Seahawks, 31, 27. I mean, 34 before that. It just goes on and on and on and on. And so everybody said, well, the whole reason why during the three-game losing skit, it was because of injuries, right? Debo was out. I think uh, Trent was out. A few others. I think McCaffrey was out. So, okay, they had all their guys this time. 19 points. This Ravens defense allowed that offense with all those weapons with yep. two MVP candidates. They gave them only 19 points. And to your point, they shook Purdy. I don't listen. I haven't, I've only watched highlights of Purdy, so I don't know how he usually looks, but from the first, for the game that I first saw him, he looked like they were in his head. I don't think he knew what he was going to do. Four picks, four picks. And Bobby, it was just like, it just felt like the defense couldn't do any wrong. Like they just, from Kyle Hamilton, who we're going to get to his, his injury update. But him, he picked off two plays. One of them, by the way, one of those plays, he got chop blocked and then buried by an offensive lineman, gets back up. And during that time, Purdy throws it. Marlon Humphrey tips it. Hamilton, after getting chop blocked and buried, gets back up and catches his second interception. I mean, five interceptions against this team? I didn't expect it, and it's just a thumping against what everybody thought and believed, and maybe still is, the best offense in the NFL this year. Yeah. Yep, and Marlon Humphrey, you got to throw him in that category as well. Three mm. tackles, he had two solos, um, an interception, two pass deflections, a PBU. I mean, this guy was all over the place. But, yeah, you're right. Kyle Hamilton, there is a positive update, by the way, on him, which you were alluding to. We don't have the sound from Harbs, but he did say that it was optimistic. He did, uh, he did leave the, the game, as you tweeted, and went into the medical tent with a knee injury, uh, the left knee that was, had a brace on it within the last couple of weeks. So that'll be something to monitor throughout this upcoming week. But, um, but the fact that there was nothing, any, nothing definitive, I would say, from Harb's postgame is probably the biggest positive there. And, and, and there he is right there. And there's the quote. It doesn't look bad for anybody. We will see tomorrow to ensure that, but we're fairly optimistic about everybody. That's John Harbaugh on his group, but most notably Kyle Hamilton, who, like you see there, was doubtful to return after he left. So I want to break down a couple plays from uh, Hamilton <clears throat> real quick, but 
speaking of this injury, when Hamilton went down, I immediately saw some critics say that it was idiotic and yelling at Harbaugh for having him in. To me, unless you were like yelling with 10 minutes to go against this offense, and by the way, they did score again and like sort of, sort of make it seem like maybe if like an onside kick or if they could knock it in again, that maybe they could make it a game again. But listen, Roquan was in there. Patrick Queen's in there. Lamar's in there. Like, you don't know what this, when this offense is going to go off again. You can't just milk the clock with 10 minutes. It was correct to have Hamilton in there. I didn't see anybody saying anything about getting him out before that 10 minutes. At least I personally didn't. Maybe somebody else did. So I don't think it was a crime to have Hamilton in there in the first place. That's number one. And while we're talking about Harbaugh decisions, well, I thought that one was correct. I also can't, I also was. Not sure what he was going to do on that fourth and one. And he decided he had a gutsy call. And instead of taking the points, he ran it up the middle. And Gus Edwards in the offense rewarded him for that. So I felt like those were both two calls that, that went the right way for Harbaugh. Now I do want to go back to Hamilton. Can I just say something real quick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, first of all, on the screen here is Derek Hamilton. We, I've talked about him many times it's Kyle's father he played professional basketball overseas it's, it's an athletic family Derek travels all over the country for Kyle it's cool to, even when it's especially when it's on Christmas you know the, the families could be together I know shout out to Lacey and the DaCosta family I know pretty much every single sibling and kid and cousin it looked like based on the photos she was putting up made the trip out west so hope you guys had a great Christmas and safe travels to everybody uh, on the way back for those of you who are traveling in the next 24 hours or so. But yeah, Derek from his seats is putting up a two, you know, a peace sign for, for Kyle's two picks, but mm-hmm. no, on that, on that fourth down call from, from Harbs at that point, Sarah, it's so early in the game and you're having such a nightmarish start offensively that mm-hmm. I'm thinking in my head, points are going to come at a premium tonight. Mm-hmm. I loved the decision, like loved it. Now you could come back and be like, well, wait a second, Bobby points, points are at a premium. Why wouldn't you take them? Meaning the guaranteed three. Well, I don't mm-hmm. think three is going to win again. At that point, I'm thinking three is not going to win you the right. game. You got to right. find a way to get in, do you whatever heavy personnel, get everybody right. in there, and let's let's will our way into the end zone. And that's and that's precisely what they did. So regardless of what had happened there, outcome wise, I was riding with Harbs. Loved it early and often. I thought that was a tone setting decision and sent a mm-hmm. message throughout that entire organization. Yeah, very well said. Uh, so I just want to look at oh. I just want to look at this other play. So I kind of broke down his one interception where he got chop blocked and then got back up. But this one, and I think you caught this also, this one, the, the actually it was the first interception of the game. It seemed to me that Hamilton was baiting Purdy into it. And I grabbed this oh, screen grab. The whole way. Saw it the whole oh, way. Oh, yeah, because look at look at where Hamilton's Hamilton is looking away from Debo, which eventually so Debo's up at the um at the, the furthest right hand on your screen. Furthest 49er on the right hand of your screen, right next to Roquan Smith. Hamilton is looking the opposite direction, even has like his body and hips pointed that way. And I wish we could play the video, but it's not long after. As soon as Purdy winds up to go to Debo. That's immediately when Hamilton went to it. So, and I like, and just jumped it. Like he baited him totally in as Dev uh, Panchois tweeted on Twitter. He said, 
Hamilton pulled that Ed Reed okie-dokie on Purdy, gave him the impression he was overplaying the route closer to the boundary, but knew Samuel was breaking inside. That's film study and IDing red zone tendency. That's Mm. a second-year player with just big-time smarts, not just athleticism, but those smarts. Sarah, it's a a second-year player who has quickly become one of the game's great safeties. And as one of our YouTube live subscribers just chatted about here and and asked, should Kyle be getting consideration for defensive player of the year? I mean, he should be in the conversation. I don't know if he's the uh, front runner for the award, but should he be getting votes? I mean, maybe DPOY is a little bit down the road, a little bit too premature, but this guy in year two has to be talked about as, as you tweeted as an all pro candidate for sure, based yeah. on the numbers. Yeah. Give him, give him those awards. Uh, how about this? I feel like I've been so studying up on the MVP race. I don't even <laughs> think I've gotten deep into the, the, the defensive player of the year, year race. I need to look at who the other candidates sure. are, what they're up to, but I'll just say this. He's definitely playing like the Ravens defensive player of the year. Yes. And then I want to go out and look to see who else is, who everybody's talking about and what they're ca- like. not just who they're talking about, but who has an actual case. Cause everybody's talking about Purdy and that case is gone. So yeah, Hamilton, and that's why when he went down, you'll see Twitter going like, oh, no, it can't be Hamilton, not Hamilton. No, 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 no. And he, I mean, he is, I mean, it, it just, oh, he is such an important part of Mike McDonald's defense. Yep. Before we get to some fresh new content coming in from Twitter on Isaiah Likely, we wanted to let you know that, uh, first of all, over 2,600 of you here still after 1 a.m. Eastern. (laughs) Thanks so much. You guys are the best. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours. A great way to help out what we're doing on the back end and supporting us is through Patreon. That's exactly what Greg McCarthy and Chris B. are doing this month. Thank you both. Shout out Greg and Chris. Merry Christmas to you both. And we appreciate the support through Patreon. If you guys are interested in doing the same for as little as $1.99, $4.99 for a shout out, go check out what we offer by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. So Isaiah likely had one of the meanest, roughest, nastiest stiff arms tonight in space, Sarah. (laughs) Isaiah continues. Oh, he continues to be such such a dynamic factor for this team in Mark Andrews' absence. He goes three receptions for 56 yards tonight, and on that long of 34, again, the stiff arm that will be talked about for a long time, so much so, Ray Lewis tweeted that 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 stiff arm is most likely – going to end up on sports center and Isaiah here probably on the plane ride back <laughs> having to maybe check his eyesight on this Christmas night. He quote tweets Ray and says, love from the goat. It's gotta be Christmas. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's so great for Isaiah. Likely that makes me so happy for him. And by the way, you had kind of mentioned uh, that one sort of jump pass and twist throw from Lamar on the, and the camera angle that, that they had on it was phenomenal, but also that, that catch from likely they wouldn't have like you needed him. It's kind of like on that one play where Lamar against Jacksonville evaded smoot twice. Like that part was phenomenal, but then to complete it, you needed a phenomenal catch in the other end from likely. And that was again, the case here, although not as, as big or long. So 
One other thing I want to say real quick is we were talking about the defense. You, we talked about Marlon just for a second, and I flashed this up, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it. So uh, after uh, Kadri put um, tweeted, Marlon balling ever since he was challenged by Lamar. Remember when we did an episode about how um, Marlon had been was in the locker room and said that Lamar has changed vocally as a leader since he's been paid. Like he's like, yeah, he's changed. And then he says he'll get guys together. And and then he's like, shoot, he even called me out. Right. Because Marlon had that really rough game. First game coming back from from his injury. I think I think it was when he was coming back from the hammy. Uh, and he just, he did not, he had a rough, rough game. Lamar challenged him. He's gotten healthier and Marlon balled tonight. Not only did he get an interception off of the Stevens tip, but that interception that Hamilton got off of a tip, it was Marlon who tipped it. So, uh, just pretty cool that, you know, that, you know, Kadri's like, yeah, it was after it was ever since Lamar challenged him. And that's what you need from Lamar. You got to challenge even other all pros. Validated. It is mm. validated for sure. John Harbaugh talked about some of the noise at the postgame press conference. So many people pick against you guys coming into this game. You know, I, I think guys, guys, uh, you know, our guys work hard. You know, our guys work hard and they uh, they compete hard and, and uh, you know, everybody wants to be respected. So, uh, but there's one way to, 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 to be respected and that's to go out there and earn, earn that, you know, as an athlete, as a, as a football player, especially. It needs to be done on the field in the game, you know, and I'm proud of our guys for the way they did that tonight. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Nobody had him, Sarah, which is why I changed my prediction. Nobody thought this team was going to win. A very, very small amount of media members on the national side of things. Let's get through some of these super chat features, donations that are coming in because they're coming in through droves. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for donating. It goes right to all of our back end stuff uh, on the, you know, helping us build this channel. So you guys are awesome. Nick Clemens. 999. Thanks, Nick. Merry Christmas. Uh, Vault crew, this team is a force. Give Mike Mack a blank check and guarantee him the head coaching <laughs> job when Harbs retires. Also, is it possible to donate my knee to Kyle? Way too important to lose him. We gave you the update a short while ago, just in case you're just popping on now about Kyle. He looks to have gotten away with without anything you know, catastrophic. We'll monitor that throughout the week, but thanks for the donation, Nick and, and Sarah. Mike Mack continues to stack performances on this 
Also, another second-year guy's resume who is one of the quickly becoming a hot commodity. I mean, again, it, 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 because you can't really separate. I said that it just felt like the Ravens were in Purdy's head. And part of that has got to be scheme, right? Where you bring in pe- people. For, like, I remember from the very first play, the very first play, somebody was in the backfield. They were right there in the backfield. And then Hamilton, uh, he pretty still got the, the, the ball off, but then Hamilton was right there when Debo got the catch. And I mean, they got maybe one yard off of it. I mean, it was just from the beginning. And also, let me say this, I need to give a shout out to Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. I just felt like he was like, uh, it was like nonstop tonight, nonstop. Sometimes you'll get a sack because somebody else set it up for you. I think it was his first sack. He just blew by the offensive tackle, just like, and then go. It was just, uh, it was just unreal. And it was like, yeah, I mean, it was coming from, from everywhere. And so, yeah. And then, and then by this, by the way, every time, every time they seem to get something going like George Kittle, where at first was cooking right on that first drive. And it was like, uh Oh, uh Oh, luckily they didn't score. Cause Hamilton got that pick, but they figured out Kittle. Like he quieted down. Then it seemed like at the end of the first half, they're like, okay, at this point, Purdy's got three touchdowns. So let's lean into our running game. And they started to go to Christian McCaffrey and McCaffrey before the end of the half really started to take off. He had his moments, but then it felt like, Mike McDonald, the Ravens defense, they adjusted. And then they stopped giving stuff to, to, to McCaffrey. So it just felt like all night Mike McDonald knew what buttons to push every time, every time the 49ers would counter. I ran the numbers just because I was curious mid-game. And it was just points in the second half where it just felt like it was dragging on. I was like, oh, this game end, please. Yeah. But Jadavian <laughs> Clowney, I was just wondering where he is sack-wise so far. He's got eight and a half on the year, Sarah. That's one away from his career high that he recorded six years ago in 2017. Wow. You got to go back six years. And so as I tweeted, you know, EDC made the call and Jadavian has more than answered that call. He has delivered. He has been a veteran presence. He has been consistent in pressure and getting to the quarterback and finishing something that the Ravens have struggled to do in recent years. And when you couple that with a guy who's having an all pro season and Justin Matabike, whose streak unfortunately ended tonight in, in the sack department, he had, a, I think he had come in with, 11 straight games with at least a half sack, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah, think that was extended one, tonight. No, it wasn't. I was looking for it because he would have set a new NFL record. He's now he, he tied it, but I think okay. that's it. That's the yeah. point being when you when you couple that with a guy in Matabike, somebody who brought off the street in Kyle Van Noy, who's been productive. Oway, who's always going to bring the pressure, maybe not contribute a ton in the sack department. It just it it, it makes it's a it's a winning formula, especially when you have what you have at the second level with Rowe and PQ, and then guys flying all around in the back end, you know, creating havoc on a night like tonight and recording interceptions. This is a a three phase, three level defense that there are just so so few weak points that um, you you saw why tonight. Bunch of different donations are coming flying in. Uh, Thank you. Just another quantum wave function says that he finds comfort or or they, I'm not sure he or she, I find comfort in knowing Flores will be eating his, everybody's calling Mike Florio Flores now, I'm just realizing, will be eating his own words for breakfast tomorrow. Uh, let's see, V, v to Lee, which I've definitely botched before. 
Uh, we'll call you Golden. Your last name so far tonight. Sorry, it's 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 late. I think is it. What do you think, Sarah? V Vitali Vitali. Go to the last name. Okay. Golden. VG. How about all right? VG. <laughs> yeah, let me know. You can drag me in the comment section, and I'll 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 make a note for next time. <laughs> the best play the 49ers had was the ref tripping Lamar. <laughs> Uh, DR says his name is Kyle. Not sure what, what you're referring to there, but thank you for the donation. Santiago, 3526. Never been so happy working overnight. Loving you guys. Keep killing it. Can't wait for the Flores response. That was probably pre-apology that he's since tweeted, just in case you missed what, that. What time is his show? Does he do a noontime show? Well, he, he tweeted before he went to bed. See you guys at, at 7 a.m., so... Oh. I'm not sure what's going on there, but already then Justin Morgan, love you, Bobby and Sarah, and appreciate you being here Christmas night. We appreciate you, Justin. Merry Christmas to not only you, but all well over 2000. We almost had 3000 tonight, which is pretty we cool. number. Yeah. Certainly never anywhere near that number before. So that's been cool. Hopefully we'll continue that momentum, especially going into a game next week where you win and you're the number one seed. Dana Jones, that game will go down in history as the Christmas massacre. Lamar, clearly the MVP. <laughs> that Marcus, does, I like that. The Christmas massacre. Has anybody else said that or was that his original? I think Dana's got it. Dana's got it covered. Marcus Barnes, great win. Flock Nation. Another one. Dana, thank you. This game will go down. Oh, that was the same one. Oh, okay. For- well, Dana, let us know if you came up with that by yourself or if you saw it somewhere else, because that's good. I like that. I think she loved it so much that she wanted to give two $5 donations. Thanks, Dana. Yeah, oh, there we go. Thank you. Appreciate you. Toby, Lamar has more restraint than I have. This man keeps his cool when he's straight disrespected to his face. Not scared of anyone. Not January Joe. Not the Eagles. We are the team to beat. Go Ravens. You know, he's got a good point here because it's like, Oh, sorry. Roby. Man. Roby. Sorry. Roby. Roby. Yeah. I said, Toby. Well, <laughs> it's late. I'm looking at it. Oh, oh, he's setting me up. Okay. Rhymes with Toby. Hey, Toby. No, Roby. Sorry. Roby. There you go. Well, I think Roby, I mean, it's just, it is really interesting how, yeah, Lamar can flip a switch where it's like, you go out there, you got to be calm, but you also have to play with fire. You have to play with aggressiveness and you have so like, we come onto the show after the game. There's so much passion. There's so much emotion and Lamar just flips it off. He's just like, no, no, this isn't it. So I'm going to, so like to his point to like keep his cool or to be like, Oh, okay. MVP. Okay. Yeah. We won. Even though we were disrespected. Yeah. I mean, he just, he like just the laser focus continues to uh, impress me week in and week out. Shout out to Brock Jones listening in from Melbourne, Australia right now. It's pretty dope. Heck yeah. Gary Eaton, thanks for being here on Christmas. Been listening every day since you started. Keep up the great work. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and yours, Gary. I cannot believe how many there are tonight. This is is unreal. Nick Clemens. So why doesn't Flores come out and say the Ravens are undoubtedly the best team in the league like he did the 49ers earlier in the week? Well, let's give him a chance to think about what he said that in the tweet. Did he? Let's give him a chance to sleep on it and see what he says in the morning. How about that? Okay, yeah, no, he didn't say it. Wait, wait, wait. I believe the Rangers are dramatic. Yeah, no, he didn't say it. Okay. Oh, Dana says, yes, I came up with it myself. All right. Yes, I came up with it, and I'm a guy. LOL. <laughs> oh, my. I am. Sorry. Son of a. Well, the right. picture, though, also throws you off. So Dang. thank you. Thank you. Sorry, Dana. Oh, I'm just 
blowing it. Darian, Florio was working on that damage control tweet. Bobby and Sarah, always appreciate your dedication and creating such great content. Thanks, Darian. Gosh, I'm not sure we've ever gotten a $50 donation. Pretty Woo! boy, Suave. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, pretty boy. Appreciate you. I feel like some people laugh when I actually say those names. Right? They're probably at home like, why is he saying the name? I don't know. you were like, we appreciate you, pretty boy. That does pretty sound boy. funny. <laughs> What's up, Suave? <laughs> 25 nuggets. <laughs> I'm with Lamar, Super Bowl MVP. Go get it. Appreciate that. There you go. You know, it's funny, like when I made my first channel too, I probably had like random, I remember my AOL screen name in like yeah. fifth grade was Beach Row 101 for whatever it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah, the story of this Ravens team has truly been years in the making. I hope we can all pre appreciate every player and coach that's led up to this success. No, no doubt. BMAC, the dubs, only stat that counts for sure. Go. And by the way, just to reiterate, uh, next week on a short week, New Year's Eve, the game that has not been flexed, one o'clock kickoff, you win and you lock up that coveted top overall seed with the bye. Adam Johnson, love your content. We appreciate you, Adam. Thank you. Thomas White, do you think Kyle Hamilton will be all right and talk about how important he is to the Ravens defense? Louisville Lar Lamar fan from the Ville. Heck yeah. Appreciate you, Thomas. Looks like he's coming out of the game all right. And Sarah, as we watched tonight, you could you could make the argument aside from Lamar, there there wasn't a a more impactful player on the field tonight. Yeah, no, 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 there definitely wasn't. Uh, so I don't know. We'll find out. It sounded like they were optimistic that nothing too serious was going on, uh, but you never know until the MRIs are done, until he can you know test it out and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure we'll be monitoring monitoring that all week, but. He's obviously going to be key. I mean, it's going to be another – this is another explosive offense coming up next week in the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill. Um, now, Hamilton wouldn't be on Tyreek one-on-one, I don't believe, but uh, he's going to be important. DMV Nation, appreciate you for the donation, brother. Thanks for watching. Don C., Merry Christmas, Bobby and Sarah. Did you guys see the block that OBJ made on the Ravens' second possession? This team plays for each other, and I love it. I did not see that one, but I do not – um, question. I don't know. Question yeah. it. Don't question it at all because that's what this team does. And when you win, when you when you have when you feel like you're on the cusp of something special, which it feels like that's a sort of a universal belief internally from this team, you're willing mm -hmm. to do that. Flockman eighty eight. What's this? Dennis Pitta maybe. Put some respect on our name. Hashtag flock with us. <laughs> Love it. Aaron Brown, Merry Christmas. Same to you. Appreciate all the generosity tonight. Seriously, guys. This Jeez is, uh, Louise. The, the spirit of Christmas is in the air. That is for sure. Definitely Thank blown you. away by by the generosity and just the engagement tonight. I mean, over 2,700 at at uh, at max. Yeah, which was really cool and, and obviously shattered any previous record that we had viewership wise, which means means a lot. I would love to keep this this momentum going. Um, Deval Coleman. Ravens could possibly have both the league MVP and the defensive player of the year. What are your guys' thoughts? I thought we wanted to pump the brakes a little bit on Kyle, but he's definitely having an all-pro season. Appreciate, appreciate you, DC. Thanks for popping on. David, I'm just here to say, eat it, Mike Florio. Go Lamar. All right. Uh, Jermaine, what do we think? Is it is it Jermaine or Jim? It's got to be Jermaine, right? Malone. Just go to Malone. I'll call him Moses. Uh, as we say in Alabama, 
belt to <laughs> okay all right this is a little southern southern type vibe right here if marlo hit any other receiver they decleated so i think what he's referring to here sarah i'm not gonna i don't know what's going on with the belt well, to AZ they got people, whooped but, they got well, whooped. for sure for sure they took a whooping yeah but he's talking about the hit that marlon put on debo oh yeah oh yeah that was absurd debo, it was a huge hit Debo absorbed it. How? How? I don't know. But Lamar, I mean, Marlon obviously needs to wrap up next time. I know when you lay a hit like, I mean, listen, usually when you lay a hit on a receiver like that, they go flying the other way. But I guess lesson learned on Debo, wrap up. Yes. Yes. Great timing. Great, great read. Yes. But just wrap them up. You did the hard part. You already did the hard part. Right? Just, just wrap them up. Troy Aikman was all over that. Took those too long enough, by the way, to give Lamar his MVP due. Goodness gracious. Oh, by, by the way, I'm just because I'm just trying to look around to make sure while you're reading these off, I'm kind of looking around. Uh, I just have another thing. I, like McCaffrey ended up with 131 scrimmage yards and a touchdown, which is very good. But this is another reason, though, why the MVP is usually a quarterback award. If, if Brock Purdy played the quarterback equivalent to what McCaffrey played as a running back, this would have been a different ball game, right? McCaffrey, 131 yards and a touchdown as a running back. That's a great night. But he doesn't touch the ball every play, which is why MVP has become a quarterback award. Like, like, yeah, Brock Purdy wasn't anywhere near the quarterback equivalent of what McCaffrey was at running back. And that's why they couldn't get anything going. I agree. Mitchell, appreciate the donation. Do you think we'll rest starters in week 18 at the number one seeds locked up next week? Let's get there when we get there. This is absolutely going to be a conversation, obviously, given the history, if they win next week. I have to think about this a little bit more, but based on what John has said in the past, Sarah, I don't think he's going to do the same thing twice. I think he'll rest those who really need it. I don't think it's going to be an onslaught of resting the way that it was four years ago. I'll wait until after the Dolphins game to talk about it. Cool. Okay. Jeremiah, I just want to tell you all Merry Christmas. Love you guys. Keep up the amazing work. Now on to clinch that number one seed. Thanks, Jeremiah. Do it. That's something they can do New Year's Eve, like we mentioned. Scott, Troy got real quiet after the first quarter. Um <laughs> Troy Aikman, I guess. Was he was he? That's who I'm assuming. Well, I saw a yeah. lot of people not liking the the commentary. It just felt like it was always like rather than giving the Ravens their due, it was like it was just like, what do the 49ers need to do to like get back in the game? It felt like that was so a lot of people had a had a problem with the commentators tonight. I didn't sure. think they were as bad as some in the past I've seen nah, and listened to. Yeah. Thought they waited a while to to talk. I tweeted it. I thought they waited I a just, little. As I little yeah, long, and but. as I already sent it off, I was more upset about the timing of bringing up the playoff stuff. It's just like, can 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 the Ravens enjoy this win, or are we gonna? Yeah, we already talked about that. Zach says he'd rather not have the buy. Feels like we come out flat after that buy. We'll have to see see if they have the buy. Still got more work to do. Thor uh, Thor seems to think that Lamar called Mike Mike Florist, not Mike Flores. It was super. Super uh, quiet and muffled, so I don't know. Maybe Thor. Uh, Nash. Nash from Boston, who was on the pregame live stream. 
This is the statement win that we needed. EDC picked a winner in Kyle Hamilton. They did not believe in us. Truly a Merry Christmas. Nash had his kids make a impromptu appearance on the pregame show, which was pretty cool. They're opening up gifts or maybe playing with their gifts on the side of the tree for up in Boston. So Nash, appreciate you. Thanks for the love. Faded futures. Great work to the two of you. Seeing Hamilton's close up laughing and smiling on the bench with about two minutes left was a good sign before the press conference. Hey, I, I wanted to bring this up from Nash talking about Eric DaCosta knocking it out with uh, Kyle Hamilton. That whole class, Kyle Hamilton, Tyler Linderbaum, all right, Ari Staples on each side of the ball, David Ajabo, TBD, right? Travis Jones, Daniel Falele, who's been in a frequent rotation, Jalen Armour Davis, doesn't seem to get healthy, Charlie Kolar, Isaiah Likely, Pepe Williams in there. I mean, how many starters did he get here? It's just, it was such a good draft, 2022. Such a good draft. You could tell. Oh my gosh. You could tell it's getting late. I'm not the only one who's done it. You could tell it's getting late. Yeah. So the 49ers had not thrown a four interception game since 2015 when Colin Kaepernick did so in Arizona. The Ravens became the first team to score on seven straight drives against San Francisco in 18 years. It had been 18 years. That's according to ESPN stats and info. It's Baltimore's longest streak since 2019. We all remember that Monday night football game at the Rams. For whatever reason, the Ravens play really well on Monday night football in this Lamar era. They've now won five straight games. They have the best record in the entire NFL at 12 and three. Like I said, they can clinch the AFC's number one seed with a win over the Miami Dolphins at home inside the bank coming up on New Year's Eve, partner. This was something else tonight. This was a statement win. This was a, in a lot of ways, a defining win, Mm. you know, to show you what they're, what they're capable of. Uh, But it just continues to show the layers and the depth that this team has. And it knows no end. It, and that's and it has to know no end because it's not finished yet, Bobby. As nice as this win is, as delicious as this win was, as as many bragging rights that the Ravens just got. I mean, uh, it's because this game was bra- a bragging rights game. It was an MVP game. Lamar, Lamar outshined the two other MVP candidates. We we talked about inside linebackers. 49ers were all in my comments when I said that Ruck, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen were the best inside linebacker duo. They were. And by the way, Lamar Jackson helped show that when he juked Fred uh, Warner, who I love, by the way, BYU guy. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then it's like, well, which team is better? Which team is better? Okay. Well, through this many weeks in the season, it's the Ravens. Okay. All of it. All of the, and then just the disrespect coming in. They just, they can all punch air. The Ravens just put all of that back in their face, do it right back in their face. But the job isn't done. The job isn't done. Enjoy this. Enjoy this Christmas. Enjoy this week. And then it's get back to work. And it's this Dolphins game that's going to decide the number one seed. So get back to work. The job isn't finished. Lamar knows that. The Ravens team knows that. Just get back to work and keep going. And another big reason to add on to that is because Cleveland's not going anywhere. They find a way to keep winning games, and they are not only still in the race, Sarah, for the division, they're still in the race for the top overall seed in the AFC mathematically. So Joe Flacco has turned back the clock. That doesn't seem to be changing. 
from a degree of difficulty standpoint, you can't hold the candle. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the comparison between what the Ravens have down the stretch compared to what Cleveland has is mm-hmm. night and day. And so, yeah, you're right. The, these wins have been massive, not only big picture, but in division, when you have as much parity and competitiveness, given the injury, despite the injuries at quarterback, as there is in any division across all football. So um, to your point. And Bobby, it, yeah. I, I live in Ohio, as you know. Oh, my gosh. I cannot tell you how many people keep coming up to me talking about Joe Flacco. And this is why I'm so over it. I cannot tell you how many people are talking trash to me with Joe Flacco as like their their guy. Now, I will say many of those people, I'm just like, okay, you have to borrow our Super Bowl MVP to try to get something going on. You should have done him in the first place before you spent all that money on Watson, but okay. But everybody's talking trash to me. But I will say many people, a few of my these Ohio people, they one of them in particular lives right down the road from me. He sent me a, a meme of a guy going like, ooh, because that was and it was right after Lamar Jackson's going off. So now they're feeling uneasy because as good as Joe looks over there, Lamar and this defense looks better over here. It's going to collide, but I am no longer happy for Joe, Joe Flacco. It needs to end. <laughs> Let's hear from Roquan Smith on the MVP conversation before we close. Oh, yeah, and our quarterback, I think if anybody watched the game, if anybody watched football this season and watched the Baltimore Ravens, they know for a fact Lamar Jackson is the uh, MVP hands down. Uh, if anyone that watches football and know football and to see the type of impact he has on the game, not even like stat-wise, but just individually, like the plays that he make quarter in and quarter out, play in and play out, compare his film to anyone else in the league, and then I would love to uh, hear what anyone else has to say after that. We heard that about a week ago, didn't we? We heard that Mm -hmm. about a week ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the beauty, hey, that's that the beauty of us. You could have heard that six days ago on the vault. <laughs> All right. Now he's just going to double down on it after what he watched tonight. But Oh, absolutely. Now, he had the same thing to say about six days ago. Um, have you come down off the high yet of Steve? No. And I wanted to say something to you. I was going to, I've been wanting to text this to you, but the day has gotten away. It's been such a busy Christmas. It's been an awesome Christmas. Um, but I wanted to say something to you because you were, so awesome throughout that interview. So I have an older sister who really isn't into football. As you can tell, I kept referencing my dad and my brothers on that show. Uh, I have two sisters. Uh, neither one of them super into football, but, you know, are cool, and but they're more casual. So I, this sister of mine, I think she's maybe listened to one or two shows just to check it out, but not really into it. She obviously listened to Steve Young because she's a big fan also. But she called me and she talks about you. And um, she said that she could tell that you, and she's never really listened to you before, but she said that she could tell that you were trying to let me have my moment throughout the interview. And she said that once Steve Young left and I was like trying to gather my thoughts and I like asked you to, to like read an ad. And then she said, after that, she goes, wow. And then I saw, why he's so good at what he does, you know? And so I just wanted to let, I just wanted to say to you, and that's like emblematic of how supportive you've been to me since we've begun the vault. And I, that's what I said to her. I was just like, Bobby, I wish more people got to see the behind the scenes, Bobby, the Bobby that she noticed the first time she really listened to us. And, um, 
She was just so complimentary. And I said, that's him. He always is so supportive. He's worked so hard. He's so respectful. You work around my family schedule all the time. Like, and I told her, I just said, I am so blessed and so lucky and so grateful that I have a business partner like Bobby Trossett. So I just wanted to say Merry Christmas to you. And I wanted to say I'm so grateful to you because you really are that way all the time. And I'm glad that she noticed it in one episode that we did together because it's how you are all the time. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, it's just been a really cool last week or so. And I appreciate you sharing that. Jason, our guy from Huddle It Up Films, had shared similar sentiments with me privately. Mm. And I just thought of something that was the first thing that I learned in broadcasting because I wanted to be a play by play broadcaster. When if you've noticed in professional sports, when when a big, huge moment happens after the initial call, there's quiet from the broadcast booth. They want mm. you to they want you to feel the moment in real time without them adding to it. Let the pictures tell the story. That's mm -hmm. that's what they call uh, laying out in broadcasting mm -hmm. terms. And I felt like uh, it was my turn to just kind of lay out at points throughout that interview because not only were you directly responsible for making it happen, but we all know your background and how much of a, um, a hero figure he was throughout your life, you know, growing up. And so I just figured it was the least that I could do. I got my moments when I could get in there and uh, it was just as thrilling of an experience for me. So Merry Christmas to you too, partner. I, yeah. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. This is all kind of rounding out into form right now. You know, the team is, is flowing. Viewership is through the roof. Uh, supporters are just, we're just getting overwhelmed with, with positivity right now. It's, it's pretty cool on a lot of levels. So Congratulations again, and I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, appreciate you. And it goes without saying, <laughs> if you haven't, if you've been busy Christmas weekend, the beauty of it is while there was some previewing the, the 49ers Ravens, the majority of that video, actually, there's really not going to be any shelf life to it because it's a big picture conversation on Lamar Jackson. So going back to check out the Steve Young right. conversation is actually not going to, it's not going to feel like old news. Mm -mm. You know, no, 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 no. Can still definitely push that because really, uh, ninety percent of it was about Lamar, and then ten percent was about the like predicting the game, you know, or talking about the upcoming game, previewing yeah. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, man, just to reiterate, over twenty seven hundred peak concurrence tonight. Absolutely shattered previous records that we had obtained here on the vault and and across my platform as well. So, uh, <laughs> that, that is, it may have been like over, like Sarah. I think it might have been by 1,500 it was shattered our previous record. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know. I feel like we were trying to hit 2,000, and then we, like, flew by it. So, man, keep winning. It's good for business. Winning is good for business. <laughs> we, didn't just, we, we didn't just, like, you know. Barely, like, it wasn't, like, 2010. It was, no, like, like, whoa, we're almost at 3,000. Yeah. We're, we're feeling it tonight. 1.40 a.m. You guys are the best. Uh, this has been a really fun community to to have cultivated here, and we appreciate you guys. So, again, shout out to our patrons. I needed to actually shout mine out, too, before we close, since this is a joint simulcast. We already gave uh, Greg and Chris from The Vault some love earlier, and on the Bobby Baltimore side of things, Richard Carey and Jeff Comer, thank you both for believing in what I'm building alongside Sarah. And if you guys are interested in doing the same, again, you can go find it 
at patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast. It's a great way to support us on the back end. So we will have a Wednesday morning vault this week for you. It's going to be a short week. We'll look for a Miami Dolphins guest. Daniel Oyafusi, who used to write for the Baltimore Sun, I just thought of, who's now writing for oh, yeah. the Dolphins, could be a good move for us. I might text him this week. If you guys have any um, uh, any suggestions, as always, hit us up. I don't know. Maybe Sarah can DM Dan Marino. What the hell? Uh, yeah, right. Well, I know that you're the one who's going to get Mike Mike Florio. I don't want to keep doing it. Uh, yeah, so Mike Florio, we'll see. We'll see. I I doubt it, but we'll see. Perhaps we could... We could do that. Roquan Smith, just in case, just so that we have free content here. Let's see. Or sorry, not free, fresh content. Apparently, Roquan. (laughs) Roquan's dragging Mike Florio in his Instagram story, none of which is really appropriate to share, but he is having a good time with Florio on Instagram. Who who the F is that guy? Apparently is what he's saying. So, Oh man, I wish we were catching up with him this week, but we're going to have plenty of time to get the watch tomorrow. How is our lead tomorrow? Not going to be Mike Florio. It's gotta be. Yeah. There's gotta be. be. It's going to be fun. This is going to yeah. be a fun week. And it's not just Florio. It's everybody else. It's going to be, this is going to, this is going to be a media reaction for sure. For sure. This, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have Roquan on um, this week, but we do have two more conversations with him. Potentially there's some opportunities in the postseason. So just, just be on the lookout for more announcements on that. And uh, man, you guys are the best. So huge thank you. If you haven't already done so, please consider liking this video based on whatever platform you're watching it on, subscribing to both the Vault and the Bobby Baltimore YouTube channels. Uh, any other calls? Uh, huge thanks to GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, for sponsoring this live stream. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Can't wait to catch up with you about how everything went in the Ellison household. But uh, all good from you, partner. Anything else? You got nothing. All right. Well, guys, appreciate you. The Ravens are in the driver's seat and all that's between them and the AFC's number one seed. And it's a big one, not just all. It's a win on New Year's Eve this upcoming Sunday in Baltimore against the Miami Dolphins. We will have all of your coverage leading up to that one. Merry Christmas to you and yours. We will talk to you on Wednesday morning. See you guys.